We are going to be in Psalm 23. I'm so excited to be here, uh, and, I, and I hope you're uh, excited to be here. I just, I'm excited about what the Lord is going to do here at Grace Meadows, and I'm excited about what the Lord is going to do at Hope Church up at Daniel Boone High School. You know, that area is growing. It's, you know, I just, I'm excited about what God's going to do up there, and I'm excited what God's going to do uh, right here, and, and I'm, I'm honored to uh, be able to be with you, uh, Lord willing, uh, these first few weeks, my shepherd, Psalm 23, we're, we're going to share the first three verses this morning. Uh, Lord willing, we'll take up right there next week and go on, and then the next week, go on, and we may spend the month in Psalm 23. Uh, Lord willing, we'll, you know, we'll we'll see what what He does. Psalm 23. King David wrote Psalm 23. We believe near the end of his life. Okay, and he had lived all of his life. And he was looking back, and he was seeing that all that God had done for him. So he looks back, and he sees all that God has done. He looks ahead, as we, as we look at Psalm 23, he looks ahead, and he's, he sees what God has yet to do you know, in his life. And he, and he writes this down. Uh, if you're keeping notes, number one is this. We all need help. Amen? We all need help. And this is how David starts this. The Lord is my shepherd. We all need help. Uh, the uh, name Lord there, capital L-O-R-D, one way that we can say that is, is Yahweh. And this is the personal name of God. And so David, when David is thinking about uh, his life and all that God has been to him and all that God has, has brought him through, he's, he's thinking about how God, personal God has been in his life. And this is the name, the name of God when he is involved in the lives of his people as he gave it to, to Moses, you know, before he led the people out of, uh, out of Egypt, out of, out of slavery. Uh, this is the covenant name of God, Yahweh, uh, the, the name of God as a promise keeper. And so David is looking back, and, and as he's thinking about the shepherd uh, and the Lord being being his shepherd, he's thinking about the fact that God has kept his promises to him, you know, through all of these years. And so he says, the Lord is my shepherd. David knew that God had led him through all that he had been through, right? He had led him through, through all of that and protected him. And David knew that he could not have done it without the Lord's help. And so he says, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord's my shepherd. David didn't say, I don't need help. No, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. He, he doesn't say, I, I hope the Lord is my shepherd, or if the Lord is my shepherd. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I am a sheep, and I need help, and the shepherd helps me. We all need help. We all need help. And so David deliberately put himself under the authority of the shepherd of the Lord. And he, we, we need help. We need help. And so David gave complete authority to 
the Lord his shepherd. Now, David was king. On the earth, David was the final authority, right? David could have anything he wanted. <clears throat> he had bodyguards. He had, he had palaces. He had treasures. He had women. He had <clears throat> servants. He had vast lands, you know. He was the ruler. You know, he had everything. He could call anything up just like that, and it would be <clears throat> brought to him. But David didn't say, I don't need help. I've got everything I need. David didn't say that. No, he says, I need help. He said, I need a shepherd. And he's thinking back on his shepherding days as a boy around Bethlehem, raising his father's sheep and being out there uh, uh, day after day and night after night with his, with his father's sheep. And, and he thinks about how he, as a shepherd, took care of those sheep. And he gets to thinking about how the Lord, his shepherd, has taken care of him as a sheep. We all need help. Some people are insulted when you tell them they need help. But a lot of people, you can look at them and just tell they need help. Have you ever, <laughs> you ever noticed that? You know, I look at some of you and I'm like, man, that guy needs help. You know, I mean, right? But we all, we all, we all need help. We can't do this life alone. But some people think they can. You know, if I read the right books, if I do the self-help this and that, you know, and nothing wrong with those things, but they, they need to be in their, their place. And so... You know, we, they say, we, I, I don't need it. I can get through this life. I can take care of everything. I do not need anything. The Lord is not my shepherd. I don't need a shepherd. I don't need help. I don't need God. And they say, well, you can use God for a crutch to help you through life if you want to, but I don't need a crutch. I am perfectly good. I can do this on my own. Don't need God. Don't need Jesus to be my crutch to help me through. I mean, a lot of people, I mean, they're so strong in that. They'll smack you if you tell them anything else. Truth. That's the truth. And truly in my life, I don't need a crutch to help me through life. I don't need God as a crutch to help me through life. You know, I don't need Jesus as a crutch. I don't need the shepherd as a crutch, you know, to help me through my situations and my difficulties and all that. I, I don't need a crutch. I need for him to pick me up and to carry me, right? I need for him to pick me up. And, and as David is thinking about this and he says, the Lord is my shepherd, David remembers all those times that he was injured, that he was wounded, that he was hurting. And the Lord, his shepherd, picked him up in his arms and carried him back to the flock, back to the fold. That's what David is remembering. We all need help. Psalm 100 verse 3 says, Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and, and not we ourselves, or, or we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. We all need help. The Lord is my shepherd. Number two, believe God will provide. Believe God will provide. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Or I shall have need of nothing. Or my life lacks nothing. And I mean, that's an amazing statement, isn't it? I mean, isn't that an amazing statement for, for you know, this king to be able to say, for us to be able to say, I shall not want. David had no fear of want. No fear of it in his, in his life. No fear of, of, of want. He was living a life of continuous provision, and so have I been. 
and so have you been. Believe God will provide. Now, this, this that requires confidence in the shepherd. And the sheep have confidence in the shepherd. They follow him. They trust him to take care of them. And it requires that we have confidence in him. Believe God will provide, but we've got to have confidence that he is going to provide. You can be told all of your life that God will take care of you. I mean, from the time you were small, you can be told that, many, many of you were, told from the time you were, God will take care of you. God will provide for you. You can trust God to take care of you. But until, I think until you go through some stuff, some tragedies, some difficulties, and until you go through some stuff, I just, I just, I wonder if you can be at a place where you can, you know, in your life look back and say, boy, the Lord was faithful then. And when I think about my future, I shall not want. Because the Lord who carried me then was, is able to carry me into the, the future. Believe God will provide. Do you trust Him? It requires confidence in Him. So I went to the dermatologist. I go every three months. Too much farming. And I guess we didn't know what sunscreen was, or maybe they didn't have sunscreen. I, I don't know. And so I'm, I'm at the dermatologist, and, and she takes my hands, and they're, I mean, and they're dry and, and cracked and bleeding in a couple places, and you know, because of that. And she takes my hands and she holds my hands out like that. And then she looks up, as she's holding my hands, she looks up in my face and she said, Ira Cunningham, your hands do not have to look like this. There is a thing called lotion. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, she's got my hands. I, I, I know. I, yes, I, 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 I realize that. I, I, I know. And, and as I well, I'm going to start using some more. <clears throat> but somebody can tell us what we need to do. But until we start applying it, it's not going to change anything. Somebody can tell us, the Lord is going to take care of you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. But until we start rubbing that into our own lives, until we start applying that to where we are and to what's going on in our lives, we won't change. Believe God will provide. And we've got to have confidence in God that he's actually going to, going to do that. So David is looking back at his life. He's looking back at the time when he was a shepherd boy taking care of his father's sheep, and a lion came and attacked the sheep. And David killed the lion. David is thinking back to then. God spared him. God took care of him. Right? He's thinking of the time that as a shepherd boy, just a boy, that he went to the front lines of where Israel was doing battle, and he took his shepherd's sling and walked down the hill and faced the giant Goliath. And he picked up a few smooth stones as he went. And he remembered how God took care of him and how the giant should have killed him. And that's what everybody thought was going to happen as they were up on the hill watching both sides. Right? 
And so David is looking back at that time, and he's looking back at the time that he was uh, singing and playing for King Saul. And King Saul got in a rage, a jealous rage, and, and all of a sudden King Saul has the spear in his hand, and he throws it at David, meaning to kill David. And David ducks, and the spear sticks in the wall where David just stood a moment before. David is remembering that, that the Lord spared him. And then David, you know, runs for his life and he's living in dark caves and, and he doesn't have food many times. And, and David is remembering all of those things. And so as he is standing where he is now writing this, he's able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want because I can look back and I can see that I, well, he took care of me, and he's going to continue to take care of me. Do you, does it, do you understand this? Right? And so he knows that in the future, I shall not want. What a confession. What a great thing for us to be able to say, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. All my life, he says, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. So with every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. And David's singing of the goodness of God, part of that is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Believe God will provide. It requires confidence, but it also brings contentment. Continues on, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. The Lord makes me lie down in green pastures. Uh, more a description of the grass, the condition of the grass than the color. But, but the tender grass, when it just comes up, you know, when it's at its very best, he says, you take me there. Lord, you take me there. And there's water, right? And so you take me there and, and, you, and you put me there in those quiet, peaceful waters it's a picture of sheep having been fed and watered and they're protected because the shepherd is there and they're not worried about anything and they're able to lie down and rest in contentment. That's where David said that he was, right? It brings contentment. Believe God is, is, is able. Believe God will provide for us. We have more comforts today than any time in Anywhere, any, anytime in history. More comforts. But we're still not satisfied. We're still not content. Right? I mean, we're still, we still want more. We still think, well, if I just had this or if I just had that, you know, that, you know, I, I'm just not, and, and we're not satisfied with what we have. We're not content with what we have. There are people who have billions of dollars who are not content, not happy. Right? Do you know that? Do you realize this? Right? And so we think, if I just had a better job, then I could be content. If I just had a better car, like that, like mine, that, that, like that doesn't use oil, or, I mean, you know, if I just had a, you know, if I just had a better car, then I'd be content. Then, you know, then everything would be okay. Then I'd be satisfied. If I just had a better house, you know, then everything would be good. If I just had a better spouse, that'd be a good start to, be, to bring contentment, you know. 
if I just had better parents, if I'd done a better job of picking my parents, you know, then I could be content, you know, then I could be, I could be happier. If I just had better friends, you know, I could be, I could be content. But we know honestly in our hearts that those things will not make us content because we are like restless sheep. So the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. And you know what we do as sheep? We start looking for greener pastures, greener yet. The greener grass, searching for the greener grass because there's got to be something over there that's going to make me content and happy, right? I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters, fresh waters, say a, a fresh, clean stream. But we're not satisfied with those waters. We want sparkly water. I don't want to a clear flowing stream or well from the water from the deepest well that my shepherd just drew for me. I, I want Perrier's. <laughs> right? I mean, we just can't, we're just not satisfied, you know, with, with what we have. So I was supposed to get this package. And it didn't come when I, you know, my phone said that it was going to come. I mean, I did the tracking thing. You push that tracking number and it brings it up, and, and it was supposed to be here, but it didn't, it didn't come. So I go back, and, and I'm, I'm trying to find the package, and you know, I'm looking on my phone, not really necessarily good at that stuff. And I find a place where I can get text notifications of my package. And when it leaves here and goes here, I'll be notified. And I'm like, this is really cool. I got to have this. And so I did all the stuff, you know, to, to, to get that, and, you know, and everything was good. And when they, you know, when they were going to deliver it to my door, as soon as it got to my door, it was going to notify me so I could get the package before my neighbors do. <laughs> you know, no, I'm, I'm just, my neighbors don't really do, do that. Most of the time, they don't do that. <laughs> right? Right? And so I, this is so cool. I said, I've got to have, this is so cool. Did you know that when your package leaves the distribution center in Jacksonville, headed to St. Augustine, at 3.11 in the morning, they will notify you. <laughs> and so I'm sound asleep, you know. I'm, I mean, I'm sound asleep, and I, and, and my, and my, I get a text. And I'm like, you know, I mean, you're sitting up, and I'm thinking, oh, something's wrong with the kids, the grandkids, something you know, somebody needs me, and they didn't want to call, so but they just so they just texted, and, I, and I'm getting my phone, and I'm looking, and I'm saying, left the distribution center. <laughs> really, you, you know. Sometimes we think we've just got to have something, we've just got to have something else, and got to have something else. And many times those things that we think we've just got to have will keep us up at night. They keep us up at night. We can't even sleep. My body said, hey, we've had some sleep. Let's get up. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm tired, I'm tired. But it was, it was over. Sometimes those things... They keep us up at night. We think if I could just have it, if I just had it, then everything would. What would it be worth to you to be satisfied with what you have? What would that be worth? 
what would it be worth to be content with what you have? Not that you're not going to strive to, you know, to do better, to have more, or whatever. I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with that and working hard. And God expects us to work hard. And, you know, we're, we're not talking about that. But what, what would it be worth to you to be satisfied with what you have? What would it be worth to be able to say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters and be satisfied with what you currently have. What would that be worth? To be able to find contentment and fulfillment in what you right now have. Believe God will provide it brings contentment, requires confidence, but, but it, it brings contentment to us. Psalm 4.8, in peace I will both lie down and sleep. Are you old enough to know that lying down and sleeping are two separate things? Because we can end up looking at the ceiling or at the stars and not actually sleeping. But he said, in peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. When by faith we find rest in the promises of God, we are like sheep who lie down in green pasture beside still waters. Number three, if you're keeping notes, go where God leads. <clears throat> go where God leads. Right, we're going on to verse, to verse three. Craig, could you bring my water? That's my little water bottle right there. And Dan forgot to remind me to bring it up. <laughs> Thank you. So, <clears throat> verse 3. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. For his name's sake. Go where God leads. You just, you go where God leads. We're, we're sheep. He's the shepherd. He leads us. The shepherd leads the sheep to where he wants them to be. The shepherd leads the sheep in the best place for the shepherd and for the sheep. We just follow. We just follow him, right? The shepherd knows the best place for us. The Lord knows the best place for us. And so he leads us in these paths of righteousness. He leads us in those paths. He helps us to walk down the right paths. We're able to go to the right places because God leads us to those right places. Go where God leads Go down the righteous path. Walk down the righteous path that God has for you. These paths are, um, the path is personal. God has a path just for you. You understand that? God has a path just for you. A personal path for you. God has allowed everything that has happened in your life, everything that has happened in your life, to be a part of your life and to bring you to this point that we are sitting here today. And everything that's happened to you makes you who you are today. And God along the way has been equipping us, right? He's been equipping us and getting us to this place so that we can serve Him. It's a, it's a personal path. 
God is leading us in paths of righteousness for his namesake. It's not about us. It's about him. He trains us up. How do you know that maybe God has raised you up for such a time as this? How do you know that maybe God has raised you up to be in this church on this day to do the work that he has you to serve him and serve others? How do you know that God has brought you, not brought you to this place? Go where God leads. The, play, the path is also planned. The path that we're on, the path of righteousness, is not random. If we, if in ministry, if we end up at the right place at the right time, it's not an accident. Amen? It's planned. Go where God leads. The shepherd leads us to divine appointments. When Toby and I pray every night, we use, we use these words and have been for years. When we're praying for somebody who has a need, we say, Lord, put someone in his path. We pray this for our children. Lord, put someone in his path that's going to point him to Jesus. Lord, put somebody in her path that will encourage her. She needs encouragement today. Lord, put someone in his path that will help him through this, this thing that he's going through right now. Lord, put someone in his path. How do you know that maybe you're that someone? that I've been praying for, for my children. How do you know that that's not you, that God has led you down this righteous path and here you are and, you, and your path intersects with the path of somebody else and they need you. And so you be obedient to the Lord, you're obedient to God and, and you speak to them and you witness to them and you remind them that God is there, that God is able. What if you're that someone? He leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So we need to say, Lord, I, I want to serve. I want to serve you for your name's sake. Lord, help me to be in that path. Part of the path of righteousness for each one of us is worship, is, is to worship God. That's part of the path of righteousness that he has for us, worshiping. I know that you know this. Okay, I'm, I realize you know this. But worship is not about you. Todd Bernard and the praise team, man, they're so good. Todd Bernard and the praise team that God has put their paths together so that they can be here right now at this time. Todd and the praise team, they are not here to entertain you. It is not about you. We are not the audience. God is the audience. We are the performers. Todd and the praise team, they, they get us started. They point us toward Jesus. And they're making this wonderful melody, and we hear this, this music in our ears, like David played, King David played. 
when we hear this and we're, we're just pointed up and our attention is focused on God and, and see, that's what they do. That's their job. They, they point us to Jesus. It's not about you. It's for his name's sake. For the Lord. It's not about you. It's not about you. Uh, there are prayer cards. There were prayer cards in the chairs when you, when you came in. If you have a prayer need, write it down. You don't have to write down your name, but it's good if you do. If you've had a prayer need, if you've come in here with a need and you, or you've, you've, something's going on, allow the elders to pray for you. Allow them to. You don't, you're not alone. You don't have to go through whatever's happening in your life alone. Says, well, I just don't. I don't want to share those things. It's not about you. It's for His name's sake. The path of righteousness that has brought you here is is for His name's sake. There's also a commitment card there. Maybe God has raised you up and trained you so that you're supposed to do something. Maybe something that's not even on there, but you can write that in and you can say, Lord, I, you, you've brought me to this place in my life. And that doesn't have to be this church, but, you know, some of you, you know, don't, don't attend here and you're guests. And, and I understand that. But God still has a path of righteousness for you for his name's sake, and he wants to use you. David knew that the, the shepherd had brought him back when he was wounded and when he was hurting and, and when he was desperate. David knew that the shepherd had picked him up and brought him back and restored him to where he needed to be. And as he restored him, he set, them down, set him back down on the path of righteousness. And the shepherd then led him on. David looks back in his life and he sees years and years and years of God doing this. And he's done the same thing for you. And he's done the same thing for me. Go where God leads. Go where God leads. Our, our uh, life group, our small group meets on Monday nights, every Monday night. And I'm flying home tonight, to, and I'm going to be there in, in our life group tomorrow night. A couple in our life group, David and Barbara, Barbara Crossman, a few years ago, probably three or four years ago now, felt called to missions, just retired, felt called to missions. And so they ended up in Moldova. Moldova borders Ukraine, small country, borders Ukraine and is between Ukraine and, and uh, Romania. And so they have all these ministries there. He's not a preacher, you know, but he, he does, they both do all of these things, all these many different ministries. And so for, for a couple of two or three months a year, they are home in Florida, they have a home in St. Augustine, and their grandkids are there, you know, and for two or three months out of the year, they are there in St. Augustine in Florida. But I can tell you, while they're there, while they're sitting in our life group, and I don't think it's because I teach it, but they're, they're not comfortable there. They want to be in Moldova. They want to be there. Because the, they feel like God has, in their, all their experiences of their life and of all their abilities, that God has led them to that place. 
led them to that place. Before this war started, we were in contact with them. And we said, you better come home. He has a lot of health problems. I won't give you more details than that. But he has a lot of health problems. We were like, David, you need to come home. You just need to, you need to get out of there before you can't get out of there. And last week, he sent me this email for me to read to our life group. Our, our church supports him. That's his support or their support. He says, our, if for any reason our ability to communicate is cut off, let everyone know we love them and know we are exactly capitalized exactly where the Lord wants us for the time being, doing exactly what he wants us to do, we are not leaving. And so they're running into Ukraine and driving people to Romania and putting people up in, in uh, Moldova, they're in Chesnau, and their apartment is full of refugees and the church that they attend is full of refugees and they have provided, David and Barbara have provided the money at a, at a, uh, a home for disabled children for refugees to, live, to move in there. And I think there's 40 refugees that have, that have moved in to that home, that, that place, that facility. They're not leaving. They're running around the country. They're, they feel like that's where God has them, where God wants them to be. What, what is it that God has done for you? Where is it that God wants you? And it may not be here. Where is it that God, what does he want you to do? God has prepared you for a work. What's the work? What, what do you have to do to be faithful? What do you have to do to follow? Go where God leads you. If we bow down and we humble ourselves and we pray and we get out of the way and let God have his way, we'll do wonderful things in our lives and he'll do wonderful things in our church. We get out of the way and let him have his way. We bow ourselves before him. Bow ourselves before him. Let's pray together. Oh, Father, you are our shepherd, oh, Lord. Help us to be able to confess with David that you are all we need. Lord, we thank you that you have been th with us through all of these years and through all of these tragedies and through all of these things that have happened in our lives. Lord, we thank you that you have been faithful to us. We thank you that you have used us for ministry when we weren't worthy to be used and when we didn't know what to do or what to say. But Lord, you sent us places 
you had us talk to people. Lord, thank you for that. Lord, I know that you have something for me. And Lord, I just, I, I know that you have given me the health that I have right now in my body so that I can, so that I can serve. And Lord, you, you have brought us to this place today. And these people who are here, Lord, we, we just lift up our voices to you and we cry out and we say, Lord, I know that you want me to serve you. Lord, show me how. Show me how to serve you. Lord, be glorified in my life for your name's sake. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand together.